Uh, very good morning to you. Welcome to the papers for Tuesday, the 16th of January 2024. Hope you're well. Woke up this morning to snow. It's snowing in the UK, but it's snowing particularly heavy here in Salford. It is blanketing the ground. Needless to say, my pups, my female golden retriever and female German Shepherd were thrilled to bits this morning as we left the house to see the snow. So it's very cold. It's wintry. We're in the dead of winter now, aren't we? On January 16th, bit of snow around. Let's hope it doesn't last too long because it's a pain in the backside. Let it, let us go straight to the front pages of the papers before we look inside. The Telegraph. Front page has a photograph of Donald Trump delivering pizza to firefighters, presumably in Iowa. Uh, Trump has won big. He wins the crucial first contest in the race to be the Republican nominee in November's election. Trump won huge, uh, according to the BBC News website this morning. A landslide victory in the Iowa caucuses, cementing his status as the clear front runner in the race to be the Republican nominee. So he's on the front page of the Telegraph delivering pizza. Headline, though, on the front page of Telegraph is Tory deputy chairman to rebel over Rwanda bill. Mentioned this yesterday. A number of papers leading with this. This is Rishi Sunak's attempts to get his Rwanda bill through Parliament. This legislation proposed would declare Rwanda a safe country and allow the deportation of UK's asylum seekers. So people coming to the UK to seek asylum, they would be deported to Rwanda. But the Telegraph says two of the party's deputy chairmen, Lee Anderson and Brendan Clark-Smith, have said they will rebel over parts of the bill. This is pure theatre. It's a nonsense, this. It really is. It was uh, hilarious. We talked yesterday about how, on the one hand, the UK government declares Rwanda to be a safe country, but on the other hand, in the last 12 months, the UK accepted six applications from Rwandans, from Rwandans uh, for asylum in this country. Rwanda is safe, but yet we are taking asylum seekers from Rwanda. Madness. What will they do with those asylum seekers? Send them back to Rwanda. That's the Telegraph. Daily Express headline is PM. I'll defy Euro judges who block Rwanda flights. So this is Rishi Sunak attempting to appease his rebels, his rebel MPs, rebel MP, rebel MC. He's attempting to appease them by saying, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. When we do attempt to send people to Rwanda, I will uh, stop, I will prevent the European Court of Human Rights from blocking the deportations. Okay. The Daily Mail, same story. PM, I will defy Euro judges on Rwanda flights. There's also a photograph on the front page of the Daily Mail of the late Queen Elizabeth II. On one side of the front page, on the banner, on the other side, Harry and Meghan. I don't own the palaces or the paintings, only my name, and now they have taken that. It is being alleged by a royal aide, not named, that the Queen was devastated when Harry and Meghan named their daughter Lilibet. That was my name. And now they have taken that. What a load of bollocks. The Times. Sunak will speed Rwanda appeals in SOP to rebels. Part of a SOP. A SOP. 
Prime Minister plans to fast-track migrant appeals against deportation as part of a SOP to stave off the rebellion. Uh, first time I've heard the term SOP. You might be surprised to hear that. You might not be. Um, but anyway, we've talked about that already. I paper migrants taken off first Rwanda flight are still in asylum hotels 18 months later. So the I reports that 47 asylum seekers supposed to be the first asylum seekers flown to Rwanda. You might remember this 18 months ago. They were on the plane and then they were taken off the plane because of a last minute ruling by the European Court of Human Rights. They are living in hotels in the UK 18 months later, left in legal limbo by the Home Office, according to the iPaper. Financial Times headline is Better Governance and IT would save £20 billion a year suspending Watchdog. And The Guardian, defiant Houthis attack cargo ship as conflict uh, widens in the Middle East. So The Guardian leads with this attack on an American-owned container which happened yesterday afternoon. The attack has been blamed on Yemen's Iran-backed Houthi rebels in the Gulf of Aden, or Aden, depends on who you believe, um, which is part of a major shipping channel which connects to the Red Sea. Uh, The attack on this American-owned container ship, of course, followed US and UK strikes inside Yemen against Houthi positions. How far is this going to go? Well, we'll be speaking with former Reagan administration official Paul Craig Roberts on the Richie Allen Show later on today, Tuesday, shortly after 5pm. As the Metro 96 Rochdale groomers still free is the headline. That's a report on the independent review into the Rochdale grooming scandal. That report found that police and council failures left girls at the mercy of paedophile gangs. Uh, The Metro says there was a failure to act on compelling evidence of exploitation by gangs of mainly Afghan and Pakistani men between 2004 and 2012. Okay, so um, 96 men deemed a risk to children are still at large in this part of the world. Daily Mirror, name calling. And that's about the that's the same story on the front page of the Daily Mail. This idea that the Queen was furious when uh, Ginger Spice Harry and his Mrs. Meghan named the kid Lilibet. The son, Kyle, to be dad again. The son is absolutely all over Kyle Walker, a defender, a soccer player who plays his football with Manchester City, hugely successful team and a hugely successful player in that team. Apparently he has had children with well, he has kids with his wife, but he also had a child with um, a woman he was having an affair with, and now his wife is pregnant. It's a big soap opera, and the son loves it. Uh, the Daily Star, blubbery weather we're having is the headline. What does it mean? Well, the star warns that the cold weather hitting the country will cause a pie-eating frenzy. Uh, the paper says that gorging on fatty grub because of the cold will turn Britain into it will turn us into lardy bums. That's that's the front page of the star. It's freezing cold, so we're eating fatty goods because that's what we do. We're compelled to do that when it's cold. We're all going to gain a lot of weight in January, says the Daily Star. Front page is done. Let's look inside the papers. This is the papers. With me, Richie Allen. Lovely. Okay. Where am I? Have I got me bloody papers there? Hang on. I haven't got me headlines, have I? What have I done? What have I done? There you are. Um, The Times. Let's look at a story in The Times. Missed vaccines 
caused 7,000 COVID hospitalizations and deaths. Now, this is monumental bollocks, but let's read a little bit of it. According to the Times, thousands of hospital admissions and deaths might have been averted in the summer of 2022 if everybody had been fully vaccinated against COVID, a landmark study has concluded. NHS data from all 67 million people in the UK was brought together for the first time to analyse the benefits of vaccines. In a significant moment for medical research, scientists found that 7,100 hospital admissions and deaths might have been prevented if everybody had had all their vaccinations and boosters. This is fucking bollocks. This is bollocks. They have admitted themselves that the COVID jabs do not prevent you from contracting COVID, nor do or did the COVID jabs prevent you from passing it on. And this claim that by having a jab, by having a jab, right, you improve your chances of successfully recovering from COVID. That claim is monumental bollocks too with no scientific data to back it up. You know, the idea that, well, have the jab. Why? Well, because you might get COVID, but if you have the jab, it won't be as serious as if you didn't have the jab. So if you don't have the jab and you get COVID, it could be deadly. But if you do have the jab, it won't stop you getting COVID. But if you do get COVID, the symptoms won't be as severe. Bollocks. Utter bollocks. They changed their fucking story. 500 times during late 2020 and 2021. First of all, get it. It'll stop you getting COVID and it'll stop you killing granny because you won't pass it on to her. And then it was like, well, it doesn't prevent you getting COVID and it doesn't stop transmission. But if you get it, you won't have COVID as severely. Nonsense. Now they're saying that an exhaustive study of everybody in the country shows that in 2022, in the summer of 2022, 7,100 people either went to hospital or died because they didn't have a booster. It is bollocks. So what's really going on? Well, the article also goes on to say this. Professor Cathy Sudlow, chief scientist at HDRUK and director of the British Heart Foundation Data Science Centre, said there was a huge opportunity to grasp the nettle after COVID and to examine other pandemics like diabetes, obesity, cancer and cardiovascular disease that are maiming and killing people globally. I cannot believe that they allow rancid, wretched fucking cows like Cathy Sudlow getting away with labelling, pan- uh, sorry, labelling diabetes, obesity and cancer as pandemics. Do you see the way they're using language here? These fucking bastards. I'm sorry. I'm actually in quite good form this morning. I've been watching the puppies running around in the snow. But they're getting away with this pandemic. She said it's great now. It's great that we can take 67 million people's data. She said the infrastructure now exists to make full use of the potential of routinely collected data in the in the NHS across the four nations of the UK. We believe we could extend this to many other areas of medicine for better understanding prevention and treatment of disease and therein is the catch that's what this bollocks is all about these lies that it's great now we we took 67 million people's data and we were able to use it to figure out that if people had their boosters 7100 people would be alive so we what we need in the future is to have everybody's data everything we need to know everything there is to know about everybody people need to carry 
on their phones, on their smart devices. They need to carry an NHS card. We need to be able to access it so that we can offer them whatever we think they need in the future to keep them healthy and to keep them out of hospital because hospitals can't afford to be treating people for diabetes and for obesity. Preventative, preventative, preventative. That's what this is all about. It's fucking tyranny. And it's in the Times this morning. What lies is that not having the boosters led to the deaths of 7,000? What lies, by their own admission, the jabs are useless. In fact, they're not useless, the jabs. They're not. They're not useless at all. The jabs are doing, according to some who know more than I do, the jabs are doing exactly what they were meant to do. They're killing people. Some people. Not everybody. But they are killing people. Let's look at the mail. Speaking of tyranny... The Daily Mail, climate change becomes the 2023 Children's Word of the Year. Let's read it. Children's, excuse me, children desire meaningful change, experts claim, after climate change was named as the Children's Word of the Year by Oxford University Press, OUP. Over 3,000 kids between 6 and 14, aged between 6 and 14, were asked for the word of the year. The most common response was climate change, followed by war, and in third place was coronation. Okay, Since this poll began in 2014, the results have become increasingly serious, according to the Daily Mail. In 2020, the children's word of the year was coronavirus. A year later, it was anxiety. In 2022, when Queen Elizabeth II died, it was Queen. With last year proving to be the hottest ever recorded, according to the Daily Mail, climate change was the defining term for young people in 2023. According to the publisher, Oxford University Press, the research demonstrates just how much of a significant role current affairs is playing in the lives of children today. Helen Freeman, director of Oxford Children's Books, said... The choice of climate change not only demonstrates how attuned children are to the news and their environment, but the research also reveals their willingness to engage with meaningful change. Whether it's understanding how children use slang phrases or what word reflects the past year, it is imperative, said Helen Freeman, we continue to support children's language development so they have the means and vocabulary to express themselves. How fucking ironic. I wonder where Helen Freeman was when they were keeping children home from school and preventing them from playing with their friends. I wonder. Anyway, reflecting on their opinions of why climate change was chosen, children talked to researchers about the impact of environmental threats and their concerns for the future. Wait for it. They also said the word climate change, or the term, makes them feel sad, scared and worried. Yeah fucking up the minds of children, terrifying them, putting them into a state of constant fear. Because as we have learned a million times on the other show over the years, that when somebody is in a state of perpetual fear and anxiety, they become eminently suggestible, don't they? You can get them to think, you can get them to do what you like. Let's uh, look inside the Telegraph. J.K. Rowling called Britain's nastiest novelist in misogynistic review. What's this all about? Um, well, a new statesman review has argued that J.K. Rowling um, has become a polemicist and a liberal pariah because of her Jews, excuse me, because of her views on gender. 
because of her views on gender. Uh, the piece originally headlined Britain's Nastiest Novelist was condemned by many supporters of Rowling who claimed it was sexist and unfounded. So there was an article in the New Statesman entitled Britain's Nastiest Novelist and it was a review of Rowling. It was written by Nick Hilton who has since deleted his Twitter account because of the fallout. His article stated Rowling had recently succeeded in alienating her largely left-wing millennial millennial fan base with gender critical politics. She has alienated her left-wing millennial fan base because of her politics, according to Nick Hilton. And he said her Cormoran strike novels, her crime novels, were replete with gore and dark themes. He went on to say that Rowling has evolved from saint-like Labour Party supporting children's author to polemical political activist seemingly obsessive about tabloid media, Scottish nationalism and most provocatively for her millennial readers, gender-critical feminism. Hilton said she lacks self-awareness because she condemns vicious keyboard warriors and hysterical reactionaries in her books but engages in similar behaviour herself online. He added, did, did Hilton in his review in the New Statesman, in another world, uh, Rowling would be, uh, could be a character in a book by Robert Galbraith, Brittle, Insecure and Cruel. The assessment, according to The Telegraph, provoked a furious reaction, including from John Boyne, who wrote The Boy in the Striped Pyjamas. He said the piece was misogynistic, disgusting and unworthy of any serious magazine. I would say to John Boyne, go and fuck yourself. And it's not because I agree with the article in the New Statesman. I probably wouldn't agree with it if I read it. But it's an opinion piece. Hello? Hello? Is there anybody home? Think, man. Think. It's a fucking opinion piece. It is an opinion piece in a newspaper. This guy Hilton has expressed his opinion. So if you don't like his opinions, don't read his articles. But don't be screaming about it and calling for the new statesman to delete the article and to censor this guy Hilton just because you don't like what he has to say. You're pathetic. And those people trolling Hilton to the point where he deleted his Twitter account, you're fucking pathetic. Again, I'm not saying I agree with him. I don't. I would share, I, I think I would share, J.K. Rowling's positions or I would agree with her positions on, on, on gender-critical politics. I see things pretty much as she sees them. No such thing as a trans woman. You know, there are men who believe they are women. They should be kept away from female-only spaces. They should be kept out of women's sports, of course. They shouldn't be in women's prisons. Absolutely. But this guy doesn't agree with her, so he's written about it. Suck it up. Move on. Improvise, adapt and overcome. Stop screaming about things and, 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 and going after people because you don't like them or because you don't like what he's had to say. Fuck off. It's as simple as that. Invite him on your podcast and debate with him about these issues or just ignore him. Ah. <sighs> Wow. John Boyne, the author of The Boyne Striped Pyjamas. Fuck off. Gary Lineker. Here's a story in the mirror today. Gary Lineker misinterpreted shared post calling for Israel to be banned from football. So Gary Lineker is out of himself as a monumental coward. Now I spoke about this yesterday, 
on the Papers podcast and the live radio show. Let's read the story. The Mirror says BBC Match of the Day presenter Gary Lineker has removed a post he shared on social media as it called for Israel to be banned from international football due to it reportedly being misinterpreted. Lineker came under fire after reposting a tweet from the Palestinian campaign for the academic and cultural boycott of Israel. PACB. Palestinian campaign for the academic and cultural boycott of Israel. Abbreviate PACB, right? So the post by PACB included a statement from the Palestinian Football Association urging FIFA, the International Olympic Committee and other sporting bodies to take an urgent stance against Israel and effectively to kick out Israel. Kick him out. So Gary Lineker retweeted it. Why not? He might, he might agree. I'm not going to speak for Gary Lineker. I don't know him. But he retweeted it. It kind of implies that he has some sympathy with the tweet by Packby, which of course I would. Absolutely. Kick Israel out of fucking everything. Absolutely. Starve Israel. Starve it of oxygen. Publicity. Starve it of its assets. Ban. Freeze its assets all around the world. I've said this too many times. Absolutely. Sanction Israel back to the Stone Age. Make life impossible for the Israeli government and the people of Israel. Make it impossible until Israel stops committing genocide in Gaza. That's what I would say. Now, I'm not saying that's what Gary Lineker would say, but he at least thought it was worthy of retweeting the Palestinian um, campaign for the academic and cultural boycott of Israel. He retweeted it. Fair enough. But, of course, a few Tories and a few other newspaper columnists and a few idiots like uh, the Campaign Against Anti-Semitism, which is a wretched, rotten, rancid fucking Zionist organisation here in the UK... Right, uh, demanded that he be dealt with, that the BBC deal with him, that the BBC punish him, some called for his job, rather than face them down or ignore them or stand by his retweet, Lineker undid the retweet, deleted the post, and somebody connected to him has been saying that um, he, he misunderstood the original tweet by Packby. Ah, uh, Gary, you know, I don't mind you being a woke twat. I don't mind that. I don't mind you having opinions that are you know, intellectually redundant, I don't mind, you know, or, 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 or ill thought out, I don't mind you speaking about things you know nothing about, I've no problem with any of that, but I can't stand cowardice, I hate it, I utterly despise it, you retweeted the man, stand over it, stand up for yourself, stand up, answer these idiots like Lee Anderson, yeah, yeah, actually Lee, I don't have any problem with Israel, I certainly don't have any problem with Jewish people, but I do have a huge problem with genocide, so while Israel is murdering men, women and children in Gaza, and trying to force them out of the country, the land they belong to, I'm going to call for Israel to be booted out of the Eurovision Song Contest, the World Cup, every other fucking competition in the world, and anything else that we need to do until Israel comes to the table accepts that it can't commit genocide and it must stop today. But no, Lineker did what cowards do. He capitulated in the face of the Twitter storm and said, nah, okay, okay, I didn't really mean that. I didn't understand the tweet. You disgusting coward. The Guardian. No food, no water, no heating. Famine exists in Gaza, say officials. Surprise, surprise. Aid officials in Gaza believe that famine already exists in the territory, with parents sacrificing remaining food for their children, an apple costing eight US dollars, and fuel for cooking almost impossible to find. UN agencies say that Gaza urgently needs more humanitarian assistance, as Palestinian authorities reported 
as the death toll in the territory during the Israeli offensive has risen to more than 24,000. The World Food Programme, UNICEF and the World Health Organisation in a joint statement said new entry routes needed to be opened to Gaza, more trucks needed to be allowed in and aid workers and those seeking aid needed to be allowed to move around safely. According to The Guardian, the UN agencies didn't directly blame Israel. Jesus Christ, why not? But they said aid delivery was hindered by the opening of too few border crossings from Israel. It is Dante-esque horror. It is Dante-esque horror for people in Gaza today. But does anybody give a shit? I don't know. We'll finish with a quick one in the sun. Uh, Islamist group Hizbut Tahrir will be banned in Britain under terror laws, according to James Cleverly, the Home Secretary. It will be officially banned. His but Tahrir, it's called. Uh, James Cleverly is prescribing his but Tahrir, a fundamentalist organisation, as it wants to unite Muslims under a caliphate. One of their recent protests in London caused alarm after a man was shouting was seen shouting jihad, jihad. The leader of Hizbut Tahrir in Britain, a guy called Abdul Wahid, celebrated Hamas' October 7th attack as a welcome punch on the nose for Israel. Prescribing a group under the 2000 Terrorism Act means it is an offence to belong to the organisation or express support for it. From the 19th of January, so next week, or later this week in fact, anyone caught supporting his but Tahrir faces a maximum 14 years in jail uh, in the most serious cases. Cleverly said his but Tahrir is an anti-Semitic organisation that actively promotes and encourages terrorism, including praising and celebrating the appalling October 7th attacks. Yeah. It's just more tyranny. It's just more attacks on free speech, the right to assemble, the right to an opinion, even if that opinion might be repugnant to some. We are really entering fucking dystopia now, aren't we? We really are. By the way, his but career has been around for three decades. And it's an organisation which is in many countries. They believe that Muslims around the world need to unite together to form one caliphate. Yeah, you might think it's ridiculous, I might think it's ridiculous, but they should have the right. And if a guy wants to say jihad, he should have the right to say it. We should have the right as journalists to ask him what does he mean and to speak to him. But um, yeah, we'll leave that one there. I don't think there's an awful lot more I can tell you about. Like I said, the BBC News website this morning, leading with Trump's success in the Iowa caucus. Um, Nothing else really. Converted handguns fired more than real weapons in UK crimes. Uh, there's a lot about the Emmys. The Emmys took place last night. Uh, the big winners, the Emmys, you know, these television awards, the Emmys, um, Los Angeles last night, the usual suspects, The Bear, Succession, uh, the TV show Beef won the big awards. And that's kind of it, I think, for the papers today, this day, uh, Tuesday, the 16th of January 2024. Thank you for paying attention, for listening, for paying attention. You and I will speak again maybe this afternoon at four o'clock UK time because the Richie Allen Show will be on air. Until then, wrap up warm. If it is snowing near you, get the kids out, get the snowballs and the snowmen. Snowball fights, you can't beat them. Speak later. Bye. <laughs>